Hi, I'm Sam Civarella, a performer here at It's Personal, and today I have the honor to sit down with the co-artistic director of It's Personal, Liz Guck. We're going to talk about Ferris Bueller, archetypes, and what it means to be yourself and loving yourself. Enjoy, and let's get personal. Sometimes I want a day like Ferris Bueller. I want to twist and shout where everyone can see me, but it turns out it's the exact advice Ferris gives. Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. I don't have anything to say. I have no stories to tell. I've been sucked dry. I have no exciting news, no funny quips, no college stories. And I begin to wonder, am I interesting or boring? I wake up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, work on my theater show, go to sleep and start the cycle all over again. Have I ever done anything exciting? I did go to Scotland once. I um, used to go sledding down my driveway in Wisconsin. I actively played PlayStation with my family. I read the Harry Potter books once all the way through. <laughs> and I went to Disney World in second grade. But currently in my adult life, I have no stories to give. Maybe it's John Hughes' fault for feeling like I should live in a world of it's supposed to be like this. I was told that your teenage years were gonna be crazy. Choices would have to be made. Dating would be intense. Breakups would be intense. School would be intense. But I lived a fairly average life. I was in school plays. I loved diving into stories. I'd wake up at 4 a.m. to do my history homework because I realized I only could focus in the mornings. I was in a hip hop group. I taught the boys at our school dances for the pep rallies. I had boyfriends and breakups, but nothing like 16 Candles or Pretty in Pink. I didn't take my friend's dad's Ferrari and drive around Chicago. I didn't miss curfew, and I didn't drink until I was old enough to. I wasn't a rebel. Does it have to be hard to be a good story? <sighs> College was the exact same thing. I was never late to class. In fact, I was 30 minutes early. And if I went out and had drinks the next morning I would get up early to get my work done in a timely manner. I had incredible friends we would drink half coke half cherry slurpees while watching lost <laughs> I I don't call out like Ferris did I rarely miss work and if I do call out I work while I call out seriously am I boring I pour my finances into practical things rather than buying that pair of jeans I desperately need or getting a haircut, as you can tell by the mullet that's developing. I begin to wonder if I have enough to look back on. Okay, so I am Cameron. I'll own that. Deeply passionate, trying to be the best I can be, 
my so-called boring life feels boring because I do everything by the book. I'm constantly worried 24 seven. I'm afraid I'm going to upset people. And after sharing this piece with you, I'm going to sit for the next 24 hours, wondering if I did enough, wondering if people are judging me, wondering if it was the right choice. I have a friend who is just like Ferris Bueller. Suck it is his tagline. <laughs> He's further along in his career because of his go with the flow attitude and the, the stories he shares are endless. It's why I love hanging out with him. Maybe for there to be Ferris Bueller's in the world, there needs to be Cameron Fry's. So maybe, so maybe this one time I can be Ferris. <clears throat> yep, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. It, yeah, maybe not. I, I gotta get some work done and go to bed. Episode. We got there. We did it. Against all odds. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We're laughing really hard because us starting the episode was really just some sort of hijinks. But we're here. We're at its personal on the pod. And I'm here yeah! with the co-creator, the co-owner, the co-lady boss, Liz. What's up? <laughs> oh, thanks. Hi, Sam. Does it ever get tiring to just, like, I feel like you're, like, the queen. Like, you and Riley are the queen. Like, we have, like, all these titles we introduce you by, like, <laughs> when you enter a room. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, honestly, can I just hire you to be my, my pep person and you can just come out and yeah. you can call me whatever you want, Sam. Whatever I have a scroll want. and I just undo the scroll and I'm like, ladies and gentlemen, entering the arena. I don't know why we're in an arena, but I love it. All right. Thanks again for letting me come on your podcast. I always feel like you guys have some kind of death wish, but I'm always super happy to get to do this. No, we love you interviewing us. We love it. You're fun. You're like, we love a good 45 minute episode. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm getting very good with timing. <laughs> I, this was, man, so I, uh, Bitches Get Personal is, I hate to be biased, but it's my favorite. It's a personal show. I won't tell. Yeah, don't tell anybody, but I get so excited every single season for the BGP show. And I was re-listening to your piece today, and I was like, why, what made you want to do a story about not having a story for this show. You know, I literally was just listening to it right before we hopped on too. And I was having this moment of like, <laughs> it's just funny because I own a storytelling show. And then I'm like, I don't have a story is the premise of my story. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember, but I wasn't in a show that season. And Riley and I were like talking and I was like, I really should be in a show and I want to be in a show. But I was feeling very, uh, like, I don't have anything to say. 
Like, the world was just in such a weird place. Mm-hmm. I felt like, why do you even need to hear my story? What is my story? Like, I've told all my stories. So I was just feeling, like, almost like this, like, weird fatigue kind of situation with just my life. And I've also, I've always struggled, too, with, like, maybe, like, all that I am are, like, these few things. And then... I have nothing else, and so I don't have anything to talk about, or, like, I only like movies and TVs, and, like, that must mean, like, I'm a boring human, and so all of that compiled, and Riley was like, you need to write that, and it was honestly terrible to write. (laughs) I bet. It's very self-deprecating. I truly, I struggled writing it in the sense that I knew what I wanted to write, and once I got it down, it was, like, one two drafts done kind of situation but getting to the point of just letting myself write it like Riley was on the phone I like started like crying because I was so burnt out from my own life I was like I don't even know anymore like I look up to these people and I look up to like Ferris Bueller and these types of characters like being this person and I will never be that person and it was just like this weird uh, feeling washing over me, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Does that make sense? Am I so, making sense? Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. I feel like you just described like ha- like most creatives experience during quarantine. Like yeah. there's two types of people for the coronavirus in terms of creatives. And it was the people who were like, I'm writing every day and I am the most genius I've ever been. And then there's the other half where we're like, I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The world is ending. Like, I got nothing. And, like, also, it kind of at the time, too, like, why does my voice even matter? Oh, yeah. I was like, other voices need to be heard, too. So I was feeling very apprehensive to even write anything and be a part of it because I was like, why does my voice even need to be heard? But, like, Riley reminded me, like, that my voice is important, which was awesome of her. And Bob really, Bob, my husband, also really helped me just being like stop judging yourself like your voice is also important so Mm -hmm. I think I was just feeling very sad (laughs) like everyone in quarantine and everything that was going on well that's your gorgeous nurturing creative and empathetic side where you're just like you know you made a whole company to hear other people's stories I can totally feel and hear and see your point of view where you're like but why me and it's like you're the leader. We got to hear your stuff, you know, and this piece was so I was in the, you know, the rehearsal room with you because I was in this show with you. And I remember I remember you after that first rehearsal because I think we had like a, a meeting afterwards and you're like, I didn't bring anything to rehearsal. And I was like, yes, you did. You had stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like you had stuff. But, you know, I I've always seen you like you say in the piece, like you, you know, wake up 4am, you Mm -hmm. focus better in the morning. Like, you know, you've always come prepared, whether you're directing or you're writing. So it was very interesting to see this side that you say, like, doesn't exist in the piece. It was existing very much in, in this process. So I, you mentioned you were like on the phone with Riley, but like, how did we, how did you get to this final draft? How did it get to look the way it did in the show? So originally, I think I was like, Riley, I have nothing to write about. And she was like, write about that. And I was like, literally, that was my response. It's <laughs> such a Riley answer. I know. And then, <laughs> yeah, rehearsal, I brought in, I think, I feel like I brought in a couple paragraphs or like sections. And I was just like, hate this, but I'm going to read it. Yeah. Was very judgmental in my brain. Not out loud. Read it. Everyone gave me like amazing feedback. And then afterwards, 
it was like the day before the next rehearsal and I literally hadn't changed anything and I was like Riley I don't think I should be in the show like I was like I don't know what to do and she just asked me a few questions of like why I was feeling the way I was feeling and I think then that's what triggered like kind of the word vomit to happen and then I like word vomited out and then I was reading it and I got like super emotional like that first time reading out loud I sobbed Mm, I love theater I do too and I just think there's something like oh I'm getting choked up about it I'm so emotionally connected to um (laughs) those characters because they're so inspiring to me it's the comedy and it's like I'm crying over a comedy it's so stupid but I love it and it's like (laughs) there's something about movies that you just feel so connected with and I think in this time of pain too like I was finding I was resonating with this person who just wants to go on an adventure and discovering I am Cameron. I'm always very cautious in everything I do, but I'm also very much a planner and kind of insane in that way. And I like love those aspects about myself, but I also struggle with those aspects about myself. It was just like a huge like eye opener, things I never even realized as I wrote about myself. Ah, my God. I mean, ugh. Yuck. <laughs> no, no, yuck. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm, like, tearing up just, like, looking at you say this. Like, this is this is why we come to It's Personal. This is why people are like, oh, I do want to tell my story at It's Personal. Because yeah. it digs deep. It gets to the, the source. It's very inexpensive therapy. Yeah. I mean, and I think, too, like, there's something to say that I still, this is, like, my favorite piece that I've ever done. And I think it's because I do still feel very emotionally connected to it. And it's something I'm still working on of being like, okay with being Cameron and not Ferris Bueller. And it's something that I'm constantly like telling myself that it that that's okay. Yeah. And that there are some people who are just like free, like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And that I like things structured. I like knowing what's happening next and that is okay. And like also not taking that side of like not being boring. This idea of like we probably all think, I'm sure everyone thinks they're like boring and lame. And being like, okay, I'm not boring. I have this cute dog sitting behind me. (laughs) I can't. He's too much. I, you know, I just love him. I have a great husband and like kind of like taking those moments and putting things into perspective of like, okay, it's not boring. I do things. Maybe I don't go out on the town, but that's okay. <laughs> it's so funny because when you describe you, like if I had to choose between you and Ferris Bueller to like lead me through a day, I would pick you in an instant <laughs> because I'm like, oh, we're going to go here at 9 and at 930 <laughs> we're going to be at the second place. Oh, look, we have a map. Oh, we have direct. Like, I love that you're Cameron. <laughs> like, I love- to a T. I, the world needs Cameron Fries. I'm sorry. It would be, it'd be anarchy. It'd be anarchy if there wasn't. It would be anarchy. I think, like, reminding yourself, like, whatever, you know, archetype you are in life, that archetype is needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do love to plan things. <laughs> And you're so right. When I went to Chicago with Bob, like, it was every event mapped out. Yeah. Like, no dead air. We literally did a Ferris Bueller trip in Chicago, fun fact, when I first met Bob. I love it. 
I also really hope, like, even if young people are listening to this, I say things like young people now ever <laughs> since I turned 31. I hope people understand Ferris Bueller and the reference and have seen the movie because I'll be super pissed <laughs> if I they mean, don't know. And uh, you won't get my piece, so you have to go watch the movie. Yeah, you have to watch it. It's a prerequisite. I also reference Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles, so it's like... You know, you gotta go watch all of John Hughes movies. I mean, listen, I know you didn't mention mention The Breakfast Club, but, like, if we had, like, put them all in, let's go. John Hughes, we stand. So, if anything, has anything changed for you since you wrote this piece? I mean, we just heard a beautiful kind of reaction to your own piece just now, but... Has your creative process at all changed, or do you feel more open? Do you still feel stuck? Where are you at today? Um, where am I at today, Sam? Um, no, I think in, in different areas of my life, I think in terms of just like acting and like that career, aside from its personal, I think like lately I've been feeling driven and more like go getter kind of feeling. And maybe that's also just like the start of a new year and trying to keep that in the back of my mind. And I've been trying to like work really hard on myself too and doing a lot of like self-help books and stuff like that as well. I think the, I don't want to bash myself, but the insanity that I am claiming that Cameron has, like that, that I share, that is very prevalent and I don't think I could ever change it. Even if I tried. I don't know if it's insanity so much as it's just like extreme caution and I respect it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no, I don't want to drive one million miles an hour in a red Ferrari. And I'm like, me either. (laughs) Me either. No, if you told me it was planned and like we had insurance (laughs) and I'm into it. Um, but yeah, I think... What is the policy on this Ferrari and I'll get in? (laughs) Well, I think, too, like, this piece made me realize I was like this my entire life. Like, I didn't realize until I did this piece that I was like this person. I always thought I was Ferris. Like, I thought I was Ferris Bueller. And I realized as I was writing this piece, like, oh, fucking shit, I am not. And I think today, now I have finally accepted it. Like, I think that's where I am right now, where I've, like, I have accepted my role in society. Now, I know these things that I used to consider negatives, and I'm trying to turn them into positives within my journey and using them to my advantage. Like, oh, I'm really, like, anal about specific things. I'm really, like, articulate, and I want things done a certain way, and brevity is key is my latest phrase, and, like, trying to incorporate, like, all of that and using it to my advantage in my, my career. (laughs) That's where I'm at. I love it. And even that answer was organized and precise and gorgeously put together. So, like, you are you and you are you. I love what you said. You said that your archetype matters. Mm. Like, I think every actor should hear that. Like, print that on a t-shirt. I don't know. Like TM, trademark. I really like that. Yeah, your archetype matters because I feel like so many people, especially in acting, they get pigeonholed. They get, you know, oh, this is what you physically look like. So you're this type. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, what if what if like what if you wanted to play a Ferris Bueller? Like you can absolutely play that role. But like Cameron needs to be in the movie in some place. It's the balance. It's the archetype matters. Oh, love that. Oh, yeah. And I think. I think, too, I was just listening to... Uh, I'm not going to credit this person because I don't remember their name. I was listening to a really great, like, Instagram Live between... I think it was a talent manager. 
and they were talking about kind this kind of goes hand in hand but they were saying I'm paraphrasing but you have to know yourself before you can know the role that you're playing mm. and I just thought that was just so brilliant because like how can you be playing a lunatic or the preppy girl or whatever if you don't know who you are as a person so that you can make those changes within yourself and explore those changes. And it kind of like blew my mind a little bit because I think like this time that I've been in LA has been like a time of self-discovery in my 20s and now I'm in my 30s and I think I finally am like, oh, I know who I am finally. Like Jesus Christ, like that took so long. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> I talk and to kids in their 20s, and I'm just like, ah, good I luck. Mean, <laughs> I, it's just, and it also just feels, like, distant. Like, I know I'm only 30, but yeah. it feels like a different person in a different lifetime. And that time of discovery and finally being like, this is who I am. Like, that is what Ferris Bueller is about. That is what John Hughes' films are always about, too. Of just, mm. like, discovering who you are and accepting that you're who you are. Mm-hmm. Only took me thirty years to figure that out. It's fine. I mean, listen, you took the short the short route, man. There is some you you hear people not coming into this discovery till years down the line. So yeah. I don't want to say your Cameron Fry attitude got you to the quick solution, but <laughs> if you're organized and doing the work and reading the books, come on, you're gonna get there faster. Oh, damn, it's science. <laughs> It's science. It's science. Uh, I, you kind of, you kind of answered this already. But one of, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to know is like, in what ways does your Cameron Fry esque behavior benefit like your Liz's day to day? Yeah, I would say definitely on like the administrative side of things. Yeah. Uh, so at work, I'm an executive assistant. For those of you who are listening and don't know, <laughs> and then through its personal, we do like a lot of admin work because we're emailing people, we're setting things up, and like. I am just very like, boom, go. And <laughs> I know I've worked for you. <laughs> I know. Poor Sam. Poor Sam's been dealt with my emails being, how's this? Is this good? Is this done? Have you done this? I still, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like literally like lists and bullet points. And um, <laughs> that's also like how I operate because I think also every job I've worked at, especially the one I'm in now, is very fast paced and everything needs to be done right now. And there's no tomorrow. So I think that's like also where I'm like, I'm in this like tunnel, I get tunnel vision. And I think that's yeah. just like also Cameron, like he gets stuck in this tunnel of like, it's like this and we got to proceed this way. Yeah. You stick a piece of coal up his ass and you get a diamond. That's what they say. Hey, everybody likes diamonds. So, so. <laughs> I don't know how mad I am about it. So, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons I love coming to It's Personal, though, because, I mean, uh, the first day of rehearsal, you're like, don't be late. And I'm like, yes, because I hate I hate when people are late. If you want to talk about like top three, like slow walkers and people who are late get goodbye. Goodbye. You want to be the quickest way to piss me off? Be late. So Liz comes into the room. She's like, hi, we take tardiness very seriously at It's Personal. And I was like, I'll stay forever. (laughs) I, I live here now. I live at the Complex Theater. I will never leave. It's so true, though. I mean, if you're going to show up and do the work, do the work. Like, don't be like Ferris where you just kind of, like, skate in in the background no. there. This is why you own a company. This is why you are a CEO. <laughs> well, thanks. I appreciate that. This is why. This is why we have It's Personal because of this. I love that. I just, 
I do think there is like a form of etiquette with those types of things. And I think, you know, there is a time to be fun and playful. And then there's another time when it's like, okay, we're working now and we're here to achieve something and we're here to attain a goal. And I think when people show up late, if you're listening to this, anyone, it's rude. It's rude. It's rude to be late because you're wasting other people's time. And if it's something I can enforce and it's personal, like, I hope people take it and they use it in their acting careers or their jobs because I always notice when people are late. I always notice when people are late. And I always have it in the back of my mind and I always kind of judge you for it. (laughs) Liz, you and I are sitting and we're like the two Muppets in the back of the theater being like, you're late. (laughs) You're late and we're going to remember. You're late we're going to remember. That I that was like the first things that I w- I learned in acting school. They were like, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Goodbye. Yes. Unless you are Meryl Streep and showing up. First of all, she would. Never, she would never. She would she never. She would never be late. Meryl is from New York. You would not catch a New York queen behaving in such a way. Sorry, Los Angeles. That is a read. (laughs) Y'all be late in this, in this city. Really? I've had enough. And also you can't use traffic as an excuse. No, leave early. Oh, you know, traffic exists. Plan accordingly. We need to do a whole other podcast about why we're mad about people being late. Just called pet peeves. Cause this has gone on such a tangent. I mean, well, you know what? I hate it. Cameron would never be late. See, we're back on track. <laughs> never. Yeah, we're back. Cameron would never. Cameron would never. He'd be like, all we're doing is going to the museum. That's okay. You told me to be here at 10. I'll be here at 945. <laughs> oh, when you were like, I'm 30 minutes early for class. I'm like, we would. you and I would have been sitting there like staring at each other. Be like, what time's class? We're very early. We're very early. That would have been you and me. We've actually done that in a few It's personal rehearsals. We're like, <laughs> just the two of us. Oh, yeah. There was one time I think we had a whole hour conversation because we were that early. You were like, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm from the Valley. I got a, I left three hours ago. <laughs> well, I'm glad uh, my next question is a fun question. So no more tears. Um, Liz, if you accidentally found yourself in a parade uh, with a microphone in your hand, <gasps> what song would you sing? Oh my God, I want to say Twist and Shout because I'd want to recreate the Ferris Bueller moment. Is that, like, just so typical of me? Is that such a Cameron answer? (laughs) But, I mean, honestly, what other movie or thing would I want to emulate? Oh, that scene is one of the best scenes ever. Okay, god damn it. I've met people who have never seen Ferris Bueller before, and it upsets me so much. 100%. If you have not even just seen the parade scene, like, go YouTube it at least, because it's this great moment where... You can just tell he's having the time of his life. The very And least. whether it's fake or not, it just seems so genuine. And this idea of this kid, he's a kid, just like taking over and like living his life to the best of his ability and having fun every moment of it. I would totally sing Twist and Shout. And also, just a fun song. Very fun song. Sam, what song would you sing? Oh my god, I would probably have like some kind of insane medley, like, you know me, it can't just be simple, it'd be over the top, there'd be sequins, you'd be like, did she plan this? Like, <laughs> feels like it was impromptu, but it feels like she is prepared. I would probably do, gosh, oh my god, you, you would think when I wrote the question, I would be ready to go, I mean. It's a good question. I, listen, 
I mean, I have been on such a Taylor Swift kick recently. Like, it has just mm. been honestly overwhelming how much Taylor Swift I've been listening to. So I feel like I would do... Yeah, it would be something from the Lover album, which is, like, really resonating with me. Okay. There's, like, a song called uh, Cornelia Street, which is, like, re- it is my shower jam right now. Like, go put on Cornelia Street. I don't know if it would, I don't know how it would play on a parade. I'd probably have to do some, like, I would probably try to do some shenanigans to, like, Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande's Rain On Me, because, like... Ooh. Ooh, I do love that song. That, that song just you. gets me excited every time I hear it. I'm like... Uh, yes. Okay. I'm like, I don't, I also don't want to get wet, but this song is great. Like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I also, I just noticed your shirt says serious businesswoman. Riley bought it for me for my birthday. <laughs> like, what is your type? It is that. <laughs> I just wanted everyone to know now that I've discovered it. And so I wear this every day. Lean in, take your headshots. Again, you just got beautiful headshots, but get a few more. Wearing this shirt, let's go. I can't. I just noticed it. It's cute. It's pink, too. We love to see it. So you say in your piece a bunch. You you say the quote, which everybody who's seen the movie knows, uh, you know, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it, which mm. Ferris even says many times. Mm. Very insightful for an 18-year-old. Yes. What was the last time, the last thing you stopped and looked around at? Ooh. I will have to say, because I just went to Yosemite, it was a very, like, reflective hike in some Mm. moments. And I think we were at the bottom of Yosemite Falls. And I think I just was, like, took a second. I was just, like, looking where I was at. I was with my husband. My dog was in my backpack. And just kind of, like, reflecting on that. And I think it was, like, some positive vibes which was really nice like especially you know I'm like I'm vaccinated and like all of those things like very feeling very like healthy and proud so I think that was like a good a good moment yeah that's really nice I like that my dog's staring at me right now as I'm talking about him. oh you stop he doesn't want to miss anything (laughs) he's taking it all in you really don't and like I think I used to look at that quote and get like a little sad I mean, I think I still do sometimes because you're like, oh, shit, time flew by. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to, once again, I'm trying to take these things as positive things and not negative things. Yeah. And trying to be like, it's okay that time is flying by and it's okay to have memories and all of that stuff. So I feel like I finally have enjoyed that process maybe a little bit more because I'm very nostalgic. Can you tell? Yes. And I'm so like, I'm with, I couldn't be with you more than I feel like us like elder millennials, if you will, like that we're coming into our thirties and like every, I'm like wearing a jean jacket. Like I'm, I'm dressed like I would be in 2004. Yes. Like we can't help it. Um, I used to have that quote written all over my notebooks. Like I was that like nerd theater kid who was like, Oh, you don't watch John Hughes films. Like, okay. You don't understand cinema. Like what? While all the boys around me were like, we're doing like Quentin Tarantino stuff. And I'm like, okay, John Bender for life. (laughs) Is he problematic? (laughs) Very. But what am I going to do? I mean, I'm with you on that one too. (laughs) My first love. My parents were like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. She likes him. I was like, yes, I do. I'm telling you, it's the nose. I don't know what it is. It's everything. It's the nose. It's when he runs through the school and he sings that, like, I want to be an an airport. (laughs) I don't like, okay. 
I love it. I love him so much. I mean, listen, long hair is my thing. Look what I'm shacked up with now. I think we knew. I think we always knew a long-haired man was going to find his way into my heart. I mean, and well, and just another movie that plays with types. And, like, everyone found something. You were like, I'm this person. I'm this person. Or you were like, I want to be this person. Who are you in the breakfast club? I can't wait for this answer. Wait, I don't, um, I, I mean, I always wanted to be Bender, but, like, let's be honest, that's not true. Um, I'm probably, um, what's his name? The, um, oh my god, I can't think of the character's name. The nerdy guy. I think he's called the nerd in the movie. Does he not have a name? No, no, his, he's the nerd in, uh, 16 Candles, but he's, his name is the yeah. nerd in 16 Candles. Yeah, but you know who I'm talking about, the blonde-haired one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see that for you. I don't know if I'm anybody in The Breakfast Club, to be honest. There was no, like, like, class clown character. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I would say, like, there's, like, moments of the nerd that I feel I'd pull from. But, like, lucky me, thank God, I wasn't bullied. So, like, his character had that journey. So that's where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, Bender because, like, I'm cool and, like, a free spirit. But then I now I don't feel that way about myself. So I don't know. I'm like, if I got detention, I was always really mad at myself. (laughs) Never got detention. Goody two-shoes over here. Liz, listen, I'm pretty jealous that you never got detention because I got detention three times, only one time for being, like, a badass. Like, one time I mouthed off at a teacher. Like, my mother will never let me forget. But um, one time it was because I forgot to bring, like, a paper signed by my mom in. I was so mad. But when I was in acting school, I had, for all four semesters, perfect attendance. (laughs) A year and a half of perfect attendance, so... Nailing it. You and I, sis, we're cut from the same, same, same beautiful type A cloth. Yes, that same type of jean jacket cloth. We let denim. Yeah, you know, or that that little Canadian jersey, same... We, the yes, I love it. Liz, your piece was so resonating. It was so, so specific and... I really loved talking to you about it today and seeing kind of, I mean, it's been almost a year since we did the show and yeah, it's so beautiful. And I love that you had that beautiful little tender moment earlier and keep being a, keep being a badass bitch. Cause yeah, you're so you cool. <laughs> you're the best. And thank you so much for interviewing me, Sam. You have, like, this literal ray of sunshine behind you right now. I like, know, and I'm just, me? like, just li- living in it right now. Like, and... I'm sorry. Hold on. Are you kidding me? But, Liz, thank you for letting me do this podcast. Thank you for talking to me. I'm going to go watch Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Bye, girl. Bye. It's Personal is a live storytelling show with a twist. You can find tickets to future shows in the 2021 season at itspersonalonstage.com or in the link in our Instagram bio at itspersonalonstage. While you're on our website, take a second to catch up with our blog, sign up for a class or two, invest in a membership, and explore our store for the most amazing merch you've ever seen. Come on, now everybody loves merch. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.